welcome to the Better Together podcast. I'm Tony, And I'm Anne. And we're glad you're with us today. We've got some fun things to talk about. It's probably the one that I've been waiting. This is the podcast I've been waiting to do forever and ever. All the things we hate about COVID. There's a few. All the things. Yeah. We might be here a while. Yeah. You might want to listen in segments. <laughs> but before we get started, let me just encourage you, if this podcast is helping you at all, do us a favor, write a review, let everybody, that'll help everybody else find it. Go ahead and subscribe, that way you won't miss any. Share it on social media, get the word out there. and uh, Give us your you, feedback. Yeah, give us your, your feedback. feedback. Yeah. And then you check out our Facebook. Uh, social media pages we're on facebook at sisterhood of victory at warren and we're on instagram at sisterhood.victory so that's how you can find us on instagram and uh be checking for a post this week we're going to see what you want to hear about might maybe do a q a uh podcast do you have any questions that you want to know either just about us or about the bible or about what we think about different things and uh so anyway, I'm distracted now. That's okay. All you right. go. Okay. So we uh, we have some new questions. Yeah, we yeah. usually start out with like, what's your favorite comfort food and those kind of things. So we're going to start out with some different questions today. Yeah, and the we first have some one, new icebreakers. First one is, what is your favorite musical? Oh, I love musicals. So it's hard to decide. But actually my favorite... Favorite, favorite would be Brigadoon. Oh, I don't Have you ever think seen I've that ever one? seen that one. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. So it's about these two guys who are hunting in Scotland. Mm-hmm. And they come across this town that appears only once every 100 years. And so they come into this town and this girl's getting married that day and it's a big celebration. And, um, and then of course, you know, there's, he falls in love with one of the women that are there. And, and so, so now then they does have he have to, to disappear into the town? He has to decide if he's, cause they're only there for 24 hours. So he oh. has to decide, is he going to stay? Is he going to leave? What's he going to do? And it's so, it's absolutely one of my favorites. Brigadoon. I've never seen Brigadoon. it. I'll have to go look for it. Yeah. Okay. It. Mine is probably a toss up between Meet Me in St. Louis. Yeah. And White Christmas. Oh, both excellent. Highly excellent quoted choices. movies, both of them in yeah. our house. I, I'm probably leaning towards Meet Me in St. Louis. Yeah. But we watch White Christmas every year. You have to. And everybody likes it. Absolutely. Probably I would, I would put, um, see, I have a lot cause I always love gypsy yeah. that old, um, Rosalind, um, Russell love, movie. Love that. I love Oklahoma. Like if we're talking stage yes. musicals, love like Oklahoma. cats is phenomenal. Phantom of the opera. Mm. Bye bye birdie. We did that in high oh, school. Yeah. Which was so much fun. Yeah. There's so many, it's making me think of our friend Renee John Tony. Yes. You know, right. we should have like a, a movie musical marathon. Right, that'd be fun. For Sisterhood, that'd be a fun event. Okay, so what's your favorite old movie, not musical? My favorite old movie, not musical, is Lord of the Flies, which is actually really? based off a book. Yes, 1962, black and white, Lord of the Flies. I love the book. Not my favorite book, but I love the book. And I just love that movie. Uh-huh. I know, it's kind of a... 
Okay. Kind of a weird choice, but that's it. <laughs> Mine would be Philadelphia Story with Cary Grant and Katherine Hepburn. Oh. Love that old movie. I've never seen it. Oh, or Fair to Remember. Oh, well, yeah. Well, that's like a given. That's everybody's yeah, that's favorite. that's a good one, too. Allie hasn't seen that yet. She's going to have to. we got to add it to the list. But Philadelphia Story is awesome. Wow. Okay, cool. so what's your favorite fictional book? Would probably one of the first books I fell in love with, which is The Outsiders by S.E. Hinton. Okay. Little book, great story. Love that book. Okay, I have a I have a couple that I go back and forth on. And I think they're both written by Catherine Marshall. And one of them is called Christy, Mm -hmm. which was also turned into some kind of TV show at some point. And then she also wrote one called Julie, also an excellent book. And are they uh, mysteries or? Oh, no. They're just kind of lifetime stories. Nice. Yeah. About, you know, finding out who you are, what your purpose is, you know, and of course there's always a little love story love in there story somewhere. In there. <laughs> and, uh, um, the one is the sto- actually the story of her life, mm. which is interesting, but currently I picked up some fiction again over vacation. Karen Kingsbury wrote a series on the Baxters. Have you ever heard of Karen Kingsbury? I have. So she did this series on the Baxter family. There's 22 books. <laughs> Sounds like my yada yada sisterhood books, which, which are, are like, also like excellent. 12. So if you're looking for something current and they're also like family and how they they deal. And she's a Christian writer. So it's uh, how God gets them through the crises of life. Nice. Yeah, it's really good. So the Baxter nice. series, 22 cool. books. <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> oh, in between all the other books you're reading. Yeah, I got quite a few going on. Which we talked about, that's an idea yeah, for, you'll, for the future for podcasts, right? Right. Starting at the end of September, I think we, we talked about doing it the last Tuesday of every month. We're going to do like a book club. Review. Book review. So, so are we going to, we haven't even talked about this, but why not? So are we going to like at the beginning of September announce the book? I think so we should. So that people could read it. You can and read then it. And we can come back and talk about yeah, it. Yeah, have a conversation it. about it. Ooh, maybe we can do Instagram live of our podcast so people can participate. What? I think that's a great idea. Oh, my goodness. Let's think about it. All right. I'm just going to make a little note here so we don't forget. Yeah, because we we tend to. Yeah. Well, do you go back and listen to them? I don't listen to myself. I do. (laughs) I don't like to to listen to myself. Do you watch your messages? Not really. I don't like my voice. I think it's like a critique. Oh, I will have somebody else critique. I don't like to listen to my voice. And so I feel sorry for all the people under the sound of my voice. I think it's I kind of feel screeching. like I feel like this for a while. When I <laughs> Sometimes that's the microphone. When I talk, yeah. Yeah. I know. So no, I don't usually do that. But yeah, look for it coming in September. Our little book club, Sisterhood Book Club. And we'll get the book title out there on our social media. So watch yeah. for that. And uh, I'll put the links to the social media in the podcast notes so it's easy to get to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about that? She's so good at that, too. She does a great job getting everything in a, all the ducks in a row. <laughs> I'm a duck in a row kind of girl. Yep. Yeah. Oh, all right. So now we get to talk about all the things we hate about COVID. I've been waiting. I kept been saying this for a long time. We need to do this podcast. Mm-hmm. And it was between this and something else I saw in my journal earlier. And we've decided today's the day. Yeah. All the things we hate about COVID. We were sitting here like as soon as she talked about that, I grabbed my prayer journal this morning and I was going back to 
where I really started, which was March 16th, first yeah. day of quarantine. Let's, so kind of reading through. Let's end with our prayer journals because yeah. I pulled my prayer journal out when you said that too. Yeah. So we're going to end with the whole prayer side. We're going to end on the spiritual side. We'll end on a positive note. <laughs> <laughs> but to begin with, one of the things that I hate about COVID is masks. Okay, what? Let's just talk about the mask. specifically? I hate having to wear one. Like it takes your makeup off. You don't get to wear lipstick anymore. Like you, and it's just confining and claustrophobic. E like to have, and then you can't understand people when you're talking to them. Yeah. And one thing I don't understand is the person driving by themselves. I know in a car with the mask on. It's heartbreaking. I saw a meme today that said, "There's a person out there with their mask on in the shower." Well, probably. I'm not going to doubt it. And like, it's not an airborne pathogen. Like, it's just in the airwaves somewhere coming to attack us. They have to spit on you and get directly into your mouth, right? Yeah, and honestly, I just heard this from my friend who's in the medical field, that what they're counting for contact tracing is a 30-minute conversation or more in close proximity with no mask on. So even just a casual little passing by somebody... Like Michael said, he was in line at the store and maybe 18 feet behind them. So a guy around him had his mask down, like mm-hmm. not covering his nose and everything. Right. And the lady 18 feet behind them started screaming at this guy to put his mask on because she was scared. Yeah. Like 18 feet. Like that's that's three times the six foot rule that spit ain't getting to you, even if he's spitting. Like why? I don't understand that part of it. I would like to know. That's interesting because I would like to know from a psychological standpoint how much more troublesome for her physically that fear is. Oh, absolutely. Than the guy 18 feet in front of her. So I, I'm not saying masks are bad. I'm not saying masks are good. I'm not saying there's a conspiracy theory about them. I'm saying they're causing so much division. And confusion. And confusion. And and like uh, we can't physically ask somebody who walks in without a mask on, do you have a medical condition prohibiting that because of the HIPAA laws? Right. And so they were just to assume that they have some kind of medical condition. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, why can't we just be gracious? Why can't right. we all just be gracious? Yeah. And if, if you're that fearful about other people wearing a mask, then maybe you should question if you should be out in public at this point. Well, and I think... I think there's extremes on both ends. For sure. You know, I think there's those people that are, you know, um, you know, it's my right not to wear a mask and I'm not wearing a mask no matter what. Huh. Kind of hunkering down. And then there's the other people who are wearing a mask every second of their life. Yeah. And so I think somewhere in between is grace. And you have to have grace for both sides. Grace on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to look at someone who says, it's not, it's my right. I don't have to wear a mask. Okay. But you also don't have to go into TJ Maxx, which are requiring them. You don't have to go into the store, which are requiring them at this point. Um, So all these things are decisions. Mm -hmm. Like it all comes down to you making a decision. But I, I guess there's a side of it that I don't understand. And Michael actually addressed it in church a couple weeks ago are the people who are out doing everything else with their mask on, working with their mask on because it's required. 
So they choose to go to work with their mask on because they get a paycheck for it, but they won't step one foot in the church because we're requiring a mask when you walk in the door. And that's just against their right and they don't have to do it. So what you're saying is you'll do for money what you won't do for love. And when did church become a luxury and not a don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together? Right. So throwing all these kind of things out there, just as food for thought for us to just take before the Lord and say, God, check my heart. Mm -hmm. Where am I at with this? And I just wanted to bring a little hope to the whole mask side of things, because especially in the beginning when they were requiring them, like, oh my gosh, we don't know what this is. And they were relating everything to the Spanish flu epidemic of 1918, where 50 million people worldwide died. Right. So right. clearly, this isn't the Spanish flu. Yeah. Obviously, with, with a 99.8% recovery rate, even if you do contract it, this is not the Spanish flu. Yeah. And I can remember right but, before the quarantine started, feeling like, like, the, like you said, like the unknown. And I remember going to Walmart looking for masks. Yeah. For myself. And of course you couldn't find any then. Couldn't find any. And it was funny because I'm walking, I'm talking to the woman who worked there and she goes, look. And there was a woman walking by us who had two on at the same time. She was super protected. She goes, that's why we have a mask problem. But my whole thing was to bring some hope to this was they wore masks during the Spanish flu epidemic. They shut down churches during the Spanish flu epidemic. They took precautions during the Spanish flu epidemic, but it passed mm-hmm. and life got back to normal. And, and people are looking at like this mask thing, like we're going to wear these forever now. And they're trying to normalize it. I saw an ad from a mask company with someone without a mask on. And it said, your face is a, a portrait. And then with a mask on it, make it a masterpiece with our mask. And I'm like, we're not normalizing this. This yeah. is not normal. And if you look at, and this is another side of it to consider when you're thinking about all the mask things, is that the reason, even though Elizabeth Smart, remember she was kidnapped and abused for all those years, and her picture was out there for everyone to see. And the reason nobody recognized her in public was because he had her face covered right. with a mask. Yeah. And so... How many kids go missing every day into child trafficking? Tens of thousands. Yeah. More than are getting COVID. Right. And so we need to ask ourselves, are these masks helping? Are they hindering? But at the end of the day, the Spanish flu epidemic, they had to wear them. They honestly, they had to wear them for over a year. But it left. Mm -hmm. It was done. It ran its course and it was gone and the mask went by the wayside. And so we need to remember, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, fear, no fear, division, no division. This is a temporary season. It is. And the mask is going to pass. I really have a a deep sense in my spirit that after Christmas break, the kids go back to school. I think so, too. I really feel that way, that after the first of the year, we're going to see a return to Five days a week in the school. A little bit more normal. A little bit more normal. Yeah. Because yeah, we don't want to call this the new normal. It this is, is not. It's want... a temporary situation yeah. that we're living in. But I have a confession. I did not buy throwaway masks. I invested into some cute cloth masks. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm wearing the... 
I'm well, we all got black it. ones now. If I have to wear a mask, it's going to be cute and it's going to match my outfit. So you take, have, I hope you have a, do you have a pink one or a white one? I don't have a white one <gasps> or a pink one. Do I, I need a pink or a white one? Well, I, I bought us a little surprise. For, for what? So <laughs> I got us these t-shirts that say, <laughs> that say mask up. We're going to TJ Maxx. <laughs> so you're going to need a pink or a white mask I for that. I <laughs> have a Hawaiian one that has pink in it. Oh, my God. It'll match. I have several Aloha masks. I even saw some masks, like people, like these companies, the marketing teams in these companies have got to be like losing their minds because they have to think of so many new things. I saw one that had like earmuffs attached to it. So for winter. <laughs> Did you see the one where it's attached to the shirt? No. It's part of the shirt. You can just pull it up and put it over your ears. Over I'm like, that ears. is the ugliest thing I've ever seen. Oh my gosh. But I, as you're walking into church and, and taking your stance of, I am, I'm not, let's just remember people. Right. We're here for people. Yeah. And if somebody who's hesitant walks in and sees us without walking around without our masks on, like in my seat, I take it off because we're socially distant. Right. But if we're walking around without our mask on, it makes them leave and not hear the gospel. Who's going to stand before God for that? Mm-hmm. So we need to always just take all this information of everything we just talked about and personally take it before the Lord and say, Lord, what would you have me do yeah. in this season? What is going to be the best thing to win the most people mm-hmm. and to cause the least amount of division for the kingdom? Yeah. And I think that's where we should stand on masks. Well, and I... You know, I I seriously have gone back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And I've even emailed my doctor at the Cleveland Clinic because I, mm-hmm. and I specifically said, okay, for me personally. Right. Because you have a lung a issue. A lung issue. You're missing a third of your lung? Two thirds of my right Two lung. Two thirds of your right lung. So, you know, and I really did feel like a real release at Easter time where I'm like, okay, I'm good. I felt my spirit. I was fine. And, um, but still... You know, sometimes you're just like, okay, I'm going to put that mask on. And I think that's knowing what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. But I emailed my doctor. And, of course, all they could do is give you the standard CDC right. reply. They can't get, they can't tell you yes or no. Even medically, they can't tell you what's better for you medically. They really So why are the medical to. people telling us to put the thing on? Anyway, let's but, take so, it before the Lord. So, yeah, so... Without getting an answer from my doctor who took my lung out, I, um, yeah, if I'm around, if somebody's walking into church and they have a mask on and I want to go greet them, I'm going to put, put mask my mask on. on. One thing I always learned in sales is mirror your person that you're selling to or you're associating with. So in this situation, if somebody is, doesn't have a mask on, hey, I'm taking mine off and I'll come hug you and whatever. And, you know, people are really good about saying, are you hugging? Are you not hugging? Which I think is awesome. I think you should anyway, even when COVID's over, that rule should stick. Yeah, that's a good one to keep around. (laughs) But, yeah, I think you just have to, you know, honor and walk in love. If you have a mask on, I'm going to throw my mask on for you. Yeah. If you don't, I'm not going to put one on. Yep. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell me to put it on. And so that's one of the things we hate about COVID. All the division and fun stuff that it has stirred up in this country. But I'm glad you have a Hawaiian mask. (gasps) I have three. (laughs) (laughs) I like Hawaii. That's so good. One day I'll get back there. Okay, the next thing I hate about COVID is the whole no gathering thing. 
Yeah. We were meant to be in community and we're meant to be together. Yeah. And so um, I think it's strategic that the enemy is trying to do this this year. We're on the verge of revival. We're on the verge of some different things happening. And he tried to bring a break in the momentum of the gathering of the church, but he lost Mm -hmm. because we went uh, and gathered online, which is an option. It's not the same as being together in person. But if you, if you have to pick between not gathering and gathering online, gather online. Absolutely. It's an option. Yeah. But uh, I think the church online platform that we used had, what, 30-some churches that used it before COVID mm-hmm. happened and tr- moved to hundreds. Thousands. Thousands of churches. Thousands. And on Easter Sunday, every a person, at least one person in every country around the world, just on that one online platform, heard the gospel. Yeah. And so we, I think, gave that to the devil, a little black eye there. Oh, you think you can keep us from preaching the gospel? We're just going to preach it to more people. And honestly, I think if any generation has the capacity to reach every creature, it's this one if we use all of our different avenues. But do I think we need to gather together personally and in person? Absolutely. There's just something different that happens the connection you get, the impartations of the spirit you get, the encouragement of one another that you get, that's just a little bit different when you're in person than when you're just online. Even I think back to when we did the little um, drove by your house when we were in lockdown. Yeah, that was sweet. I remember coming up here to the church and seeing all the people in the cars and just looking at people face to face and seeing their eyes yeah. and seeing them smile. and. It just did my heart so much good. Yeah. It was just good to look at people and see them face to face. Oh, absolutely. And then also corporate prayer. Yeah. Like to gather together to pray together. And we don't even, I mean, there's so many things that you can say, but we have a mandate. We're praying for our nation. We're praying for our state. We're praying for our city. Tonight, we're recording this on Monday. We're going to pray for Warren. And uh, some of those things, we need to gather together and, and pray together into those things. And everyone's like, well, one person's prayer matters. And it does. I did a whole message on that. Mm-hmm. One person's prayer matters. But when we join our one person's prayers together, like if you look at the book of Esther, she was faced with having to do something to save her people. And what was her initial strategy? Go gather everybody to pray fast and pray. And I will also fast and pray. And then I will go in before the king and invite him to dinner. We talked about that last week, the whole inviting thing to to dinner. But it was prefaced with corporate prayer. Yeah, We need to gather together to pray. So this whole gathering thing and not gathering, I hate it. And if you're going to church, if you're going to Disneyland, if you're going on vacation, if you're going out to dinner, you can come to church. Just as safe. I'm just saying, we miss you. Yeah, we Come do. see us. We do. We'll keep you safe. Absolutely. And then how about the toilet paper thing? Yeah, that was an interesting <laughs> one because, um, and not to be gross, but diarrhea was not a symptom. It was not. And so the the running of toilet paper was, in fact, it was funny because we even had a little um, thing you could go to online where you could calculate based you on how many people me. you had in the house. <laughs> 
how many rolls of toilet paper you had, how long it would last, it was or how pretty many accurate. It was pretty accurate. Yeah. So I, I was having lunch with a couple of friends right before the mandate or right before the quarantines and everything came down. And um, I really, I had been off of the news and kind of not really looking at social media for a couple of weeks and gearing up for a time of prayer and, and ministry. And uh, so we're sitting at lunch and ta- I knew it was a thing. Obviously, you know, it's a thing, but I didn't realize like the extent of the thing. It was kind of the beginning of March, maybe the second first week of March. And she said, do you, do you think we should go stock up on toilet paper? <laughs> and, and my friend and I both looked at her and said, why would we need to do that? She goes, I don't know. I'm hearing people are just buying out all the toilet paper. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Why would we need to do that? And then we needed to do that because everybody hoarded everybody the toilet, hoarded paper. toilet paper. Like, yeah. what are they doing? They're going to have toilet paper till Jesus comes back. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's only two of us in the house, so I kind of had a pretty good idea of how much I thought we really needed. Yeah, we had five people, and I buy the whole Sam's yeah. Members Mark big right. thing of toilet big paper. Thing. That's what we do. We Every time we're close to running out, yeah. we buy one. Right. And I, so um, we had a few of those, can you know, things. My, I think we had eight, nine times two is 18. I think we had like 22 rolls of toilet paper. Honestly, that lasted us the whole quarantine. We didn't have to buy any until everything was opened back up and everything. But you still can't find hardly any toilet paper at Sam's. Or if you're at another store, it's really expensive. Yeah. What? Yeah. And I I grew up with 11 people in my house, so my mother bought Scott tissue. You know, that was just the reality. But it was inexpensive. It was inexpensive. She bought it when IGA store ran it on sale. She bought a case. (laughs) A case. I remember because it sat on the landing up a, to the third floor. Of it my couldn't house. have lasted that long. Eleven people. That's a lot of toilet paper. And five of six of them were women. Ooh, yeah. So you're wrapping stuff. Oh yeah. That's a <laughs> lot, right. Yeah. It's a lot of toilet paper. Just we're, we are paper. just keeping it real. Yeah. So and now, cleaning supplies. You can find cleaning supplies. Now or I hand put, sanitizer. I like put, were people not washing their hands right. before? Okay, I digress. I put, I put good toilet paper. And the half bath downstairs. And then I use Scott's upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Tribute to your mama. That's it. Right. So, yeah, but the whole not being able to find hand soap, like that's a little disgusting. Where pe- I had hand sanitizer and hand soap at home right. because we wash our hands regularly. But we're, do people really not wash their hands? Well, to me, even the Clorox wipes, like, like there isn't one store. No. I always look down the aisle and I'm like, oh, I wonder if they have Clorox wipes. Nope. And I haven't run out of Clorox wipes. But a part of me wonders, is that because the factories all shut down? I would think that would have been an essential business. Yeah. The toilet paper people, they, they were an essential business. I really hope that they were making toilet paper all through COVID. So why is it nowhere? Yeah. And you know like, what? where's all that? What are you doing with all the toilet and paper? Some things I just didn't, I didn't hoard because I thought. Other people I need just, these. I want somebody else to be able to get some too. Yeah. I mean, we all, we're all in this I didn't need, at the same time, you know, with the same needs. 12 containers of Clorox wipes. I could buy the three pack and, <laughs> and no, be okay. put one on each floor and I know I'm good for a while. I mean, we do have other cleaning products, right? Yeah. Like I would buy the big industrial jug of some kind of cleaner and just refill my spray bottle. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, so. So that's another thing we hate about COVID, all the hoarding. Right. 
of the cleaning products, release them, loose them and let them go. <laughs> like stop buying them now, people who were hoarding, because those of us who didn't hoard, we now need to yeah. restock. But then you said something earlier about a thing we hate about COVID is the people get a negative COVID test, even though they weren't feeling well. And we're like, oh, that's great. Discounting the fact that they still don't. They're still sick. So what was that meme? Is there still other kinds of oh, sickness? Is there still, other is kind there of still regular sickness regular or is it all just COVID yeah. now? Can we just be regular sick now? Yeah, because I remember writing that in my journal. I'm like, so-and-so was a negative for COVID. Yay. And I didn't follow it up with. So God, whatever they are dealing with in their Show body, them. you know, heal that. No, they just don't have COVID, so they must be good. Oh my gosh. We're in May. Allie and I were at the grocery store and she sneezed. Now she had her mask on. She sneezed into her elbow. Like, ooh, take like the mask, I then uh, I, I can't, yeah. I just imagining kindergartners and masks. Oh, right. Like we didn't even talk about what school's going to look like with those crazy masks no, on. Cause one girl said her kindergartners said, Oh mom, it's like a tissue. <laughs> yeah. Or oh, what about when they drop it in the toilet? Right. Or Susie oh. took my mask and she spit on it. But, um, so she sneezed and everyone looked at her like, get out of the store. I'm like, it is still allergy season right. in Ohio and we have it bad. So yeah. there is other kind of sick, yeah. and we Somebody still need to be praying for people. has a t-shirt that says that. I have it's allergies. allergies. Oh, <laughs> that we have to even do that. It's I a know. little sad. Yeah. Stop the judging. <laughs> we can be other kinds of sick, too. Other kinds of sick. But um, what else? What other things? Isolation. Yeah. You brought that up. Yeah. We had the opposite. So talk about your isolation. I did have some times when I felt kind of isolated. Um I mean, I was very blessed. Well, your personality in, is? I'm an extrovert. Okay. I like people. I want to, if I'm around people, then I want to be with people. So I think COVID was super hard on the extroverts. The introverts were in heaven. Oh. My, extroverts, not so much. My husband was living his best life because he's an introvert <laughs> and he's like, I've been social distancing for years. It's fine. And now it's in style. Yeah. And so us two in a house together would be like, I'm like, hey, what do you want to play? Let's go play Scrabble or let's go do this, do this. And he's like heads down in his computer trying to figure out how to get all the churches online. <laughs> so, Which we were thankful for. Yeah, it was way. good. I mean, I was thankful for his work. But for us extroverts, you know, we're all about, well, if we're stuck home together, then let's build forts and I don't know. And not just cook. that, but... You are very involved with your family, yeah. your extended family, your kids, kids and grandkids, grandkids, and that was all cut off. All cut off. So all connections to the outside world basically were cut yeah. off. And there was, a, there was a little bit of me where I enjoyed it. I did. I mean, I like the comforts of home. I like being a homebody. Um, but you couldn't have them over. Right. But, you're, but we weren't really gathering. No, and then when you we have were... an introvert sitting next to you all day who, you know... If I'm not asking him something specific, then yeah. you know, we're not necessarily engaging in conversation. All but, day long. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you had the opposite. You did I not had, have that isolation problem. I had the exact opposite problem. We have a small house. I think with our upstairs and basement, it's 1,300 square feet. So in case you didn't know, the Ligarises live small. <laughs> yeah. It was our starter home, and we never quite moved out of it yet. At yes, some point, right. I, and when we get to our prayer journal, ooh, we're already at 30 minutes. Oh, we got time. We will. We'll be you guys can just listen in segments. Yeah. But there were five adult people, like Allie's 17, but that, that pretty much counts as five grown people right. in a tiny little space. And there was nowhere to go to be alone. 
And we, hide. we were reading each other our prayer journals before we started this. And a lot of mine in the beginning were, there's nowhere to go pray. I have no space to pray. I was getting up in the middle of the night and praying extended periods of time because that's the only time I had alone. And the weather was still kind of junky. Oh, it was. So it's yeah. not like you're out on your porch. No, or you, you can't be outside. Around. No. Nope. And so imagine the testiness that five people can get into of being just <laughs> underfoot all the time. And then they were eating all the food. Imagine that. Oh, my gosh. Like when they go to school, they pack peanut butter. At home, they eat all the leftovers, which means I had to cook more and I hate cooking. <laughs> so none of that was happy for me. Yeah. None of that was. I mean, I enjoyed being at the house with the kids, I guess. But they were still trying to figure out school. We seem to be working more hours than when we were coming into the church, which honestly, when we realized it was just the two of us really here, we came to the church. Yeah. We're like, we're quarantining at the church because we got to get out of there. (laughs) (laughs) And then they, oh, it was just, it was, so it was a completely different problem, but that isolation or, and that kind of led to the COVID effect where everything was magnified a thousand times. Mm -hmm. So then if you were kind of edgy with your your sibling, then it blew up into a full scarrel. Oh, yeah. Like, it escalated quick. We did. We became this little powder keg of a nation. Yeah, and that's where... People locked down and... All the riots came from, I think. All your feelings and emotions and... Yeah. But there was something good that came out of COVID, and that was the prayer. Yeah. So, let's talk prayer journals. sure. Yeah, I... um, This is the... It's actually a year this week that I'm completing my first year of a prayer journal. God put it on my heart last August, so I started. And so then when COVID began, um, you know, I was marking days with specific things about, like, my first day of quarantine was March 16th. And so, you know, just started writing about that. And I had a cold and, but, you know, was praying for my healing um, was praying for some of the people uh, at church that were healthcare workers, my family members, things like that, just all those big general prayers. Um, and then remembering, oh, and then we couldn't have the primary. The primary is getting moved. Yeah. And I said, we are heading into a new season, but God, you never change. Yep. And that's one thing I really clung on to is no matter what because things are changing sometimes by the minute around us. You get one piece of information, an hour later you get another piece of information. But God's still in control. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He takes Nothing has taken him by surprise. Yeah. And he will be. He's our constant. Yeah. So I started my prayer journal, this one in my hand, on March 2nd. Because God had instructed me well before COVID, but then I, and that's when I decided to journal what I was praying, mm-hmm. to just spend some extra time every day praying just in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And so I wanted to journal my journey. And I wrote something in the beginning of it. And then kind of I would write every day, oh, I had this amount of time to pray. And this is kind of what God impressed on me. But then I was looking through it and I got to March 10th. So it's eight days later, a little more than a week. I had my normal quiet time this morning. Then I had no time alone, all underlined day, none, zero. I'll try again tomorrow. So if you ever are in your prayer journey and feel like, man, you're not alone because, you know, we find ourselves in that same situation. (laughs) But I think the biggest theme 
going through my prayer journal, as I was reading through things, the biggest theme, apart from getting up in the middle of the night every night, because it was the only time I was alone to pray. But don't worry, I'd go back to sleep and then I would wake up different. I just wasn't sleeping in a row. But I don't really sleep that much anyway. My body hates me. Was Luke 12, uh, 2 and 3. And the gist of those two scriptures is, well, let me just open it. But um, the gist of it is that the secret things would be revealed. I did have that written down on one of these days. I don't know which one it was. but It says, the time is coming when everything that is covered up will be revealed and all that is secret will be made known to all. Whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light. What you have whispered behind closed doors will be shouted from the housetops for all to hear. And I feel like there's so many people who have a theory and have a conspiracy theory. And how do we know who to believe? Do you hear that question? I don't know what to believe. I hear that all the time. But this is something that I do know. And it's just like you said, God's not changed. He's the same and he sees it all. But in in John 14, he said, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. And And then it says, you will know him for he will be with you and he shall be in you. And if you're born again, you know him. Right. And the spirit of truth has come to you and he resides on the inside of you. And even in all of this, he knows the truth and he can reveal it to us. We just need to ask him and be open to it because it really is difficult to know who to believe. The news stations are, are reporting to completely different oh, things. Yeah. And then you hear one thing from this governor and then another thing from this governor You know, one of them saying, look at it in context. Nobody's looking at the numbers in context. And the other person saying, just look at the numbers, Mm -hmm. like the end. And so there's so many conflicting stories going on, but the Holy Ghost knows the truth and he wants to reveal it to us. And I think one thing that, that we need to make sure not to do is, is we need to, to not stop thinking for ourselves. Right. We need to still be critical thinkers throughout this whole thing. Because everything is so up in the air, because there are so many different theories, we need to, with the Holy Ghost, let him enlighten our minds, but think. Yeah. And I've heard so many people say they're not voting. I'm like, you need to vote. Your vote is your voice, just like your prayer is your voice. Your vote is your voice. And they're like, I don't like either of the candidates. Well, print the platforms and vote the platform. Yeah, they have wonderful... um different apps online where you can, they'll ask you like 40 questions and based on your answers, they'll tell you which way you would. Yeah. Which would way you're lean leaning to vote. Yeah. I, mean, I know for me, there's issues that are cut and dry that will not make me ever vote one way. Right. You know, so you have to, you can't not people, people died. So we have the right to vote. I know. And I really feel like if we don't value the sacrifice of what brought us the right, yeah, we right. won't use the right. Yeah. We'll discount it. And counted as nothing, and especially women. Right. Man, we didn't have the right to vote for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we need to vote, especially as the church. And they're like, well, I can't vote because neither one of them are what I would call a godly person. Well, okay, but one of them is going to be who God puts in position. Mm -hmm. Because the Bible says 
he raises up kings. He raises up leaders and he tears them down. And so we need to, and there are all kinds of websites that show you just the issue based on uh, whatever side of the aisle they're on. They show you just what the issues are. Yeah. So vote the, look at the issues and see what that does to your conscience and vote that. And there was some not so nice people in leadership in the Bible yeah. when Jesus was being crucified. And it, it honestly, for the will of God to be done, it took a leader who was willing to make the yeah. decision to crucify a good man. That's right. You would constitute that as a wicked leader. Yeah. Right. But if he wouldn't have been in place and it would have been somebody that loved Jesus. But when, yeah, he wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory and our salvation wouldn't have been purchased. So Paul, the apostle Paul, who wrote the New Testament, said to honor and submit to the governing authorities because they're God's servants to minister justice. And so we need to pray for them. We need to submit to them. But in this country, it's our right to vote for them. Don't you think if the church in China had the right to vote, they would vote that wicked regime out? Mm -hmm. But they don't, and they can't, but we can. Right. And so we need to vote our conscience in regard to the issues and not about a person. How did we get off on that? That has nothing to do with COVID except for that COVID's trying to stop an in-person election. Yeah. And I think if you can stand in line at Walmart, you can stand in line at the voting booth. And I had a great idea. I thought it was a great idea. What was that? So if they don't want to open, because churches and schools are what they seem to be closing, which are also the polling places. Right. Then they close every grocery store and Walmart for the day and put the, the polling machines at the end of the checkout lanes and you can stand in line to vote just at the checkout, just like you do to get your groceries. Mm. And they can just do it there. Hmm. Nobody. Yeah. I thought that was a great idea. I'm sure Walmarts don't want to close down for a day. For one day. They were raking it in hand over fist they, during COVID. They still are. They can afford to shut down for one day. They still are. But I think, um, and I'll tell you for the past couple of years, just because of our schedules, we go down and we vote early. We go down to the Board of Elections. Also an option. And you can do an absentee you vote. Yeah. You can do, you can do a, a paper ballot. Absentee ballot. It's Take it down, though. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I heard someone say this. For the same reason, they don't want to have a, a mail-in vote only or majority is the same reason you don't send cash in the mail. Right. Because it's not safe. Right. And it's not guaranteed to get there. See, now the flip-flop side of that will say, but you pay, you send checks in the mail. But you, you can cancel a check. You vote in the mail. But you, you send your passport application in the mail. You send all kinds of things in the mail that are very important. And I get do. There. Registered mail. I know. I right. pay extra pay to extra do that. To get them there. Actually. And if it's a check, then you can cancel the check and submit a new one. Right. But you don't send cash in the mail because it's not guaranteed to get there. Yeah. Yeah, that's very but um, yeah, but the but but prayer. There were days in my in my journal where I literally wrote, "I don't even know what to pray today because things are just so crazy." But that's when praying in the Holy Spirit is just so important. Yeah, so important. I I was looking for that day. I can't find the one about the urgency, and uh, 
just praying with an urgency. And I was a little disappointed in, in the participation, I guess, in prayer that I saw in the church of corporate. We moved everything to Zoom and everything online. And we actually did these national prayer calls. Michael and I were on them three times a week at first. And then it backed off to two times a week, then one time a week, then no, none times a week. But the first night on that prayer call, there were almost 100 people. And for the first few weeks, there were anywhere from 60 to 80 people on yeah. those prayer calls just really in, in, in treating and praying and crying out to God for a move and for, for the medical profession and for healings and different things. And then gradually to where at the end we had three mm-hmm. or four like the sense of urgency left the church because she got comfortable in the new normal Mm -hmm. the weather got a little nicer yeah let's go outside we don't really we can pray by ourselves and that but there honestly for most people i have found and even sometimes for myself without the accountability Mm -hmm. of that praying together you're not as likely to do it right and so um so it waned a little bit, but I, I feel like, the, in, especially in the beginning, there was a huge push towards prayer. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I, of course, is my heart and my passion, and I'm yeah. praying for a prayer movement. So if you're listening, please know that I'm praying for you, for God to breathe on and awaken the spirit of prayer in you so that you're just consumed by it, mm-hmm. to where you just have a passion for it and you just want to pray whenever you can. Yeah, And when... In Ephesians, when he's when uh, in Ephesians six, where he said, "Pray without ceasing, never stop praying." He he means to to not let any occasion to pray pass by you. It doesn't mean pray twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. It means every time there's an occasion, you should be praying. Yeah. In the front of my prayer journal, the first scripture I wrote down was Psalm five three, that says, "In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice." In the morning, I lay my request before you and I wait in expectation. Yeah. So I start my day just saying, Lord, I'm here. I know you hear my voice and I'm spending that time with you. And know that he's going to know that he hears me. Yeah. And and you have to pray in expectation that they're going to be answered. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. And we saw some cool answers to prayer during COVID and even since. And so if anything came out of it, it was it was an awakening of the awareness of the necessity for prayer. And I just pray that the church returns to that urgency. I see a lot of urgency on Facebook posts mm-hmm. to to say what our opinion is. I just really pray that there's an urgency to take that opinion to the throne of God and release power because our Facebook posts don't release power. Yeah. But our prayers release power that can change things. Absolutely. And uh, I saw that kind of come up during COVID. And I really just pray that it continues because we need to be praying. If the church is asleep now during this time of the election and this, this fight over our nation in the spirit realm, then we're going to lose our nation. Mm-hmm. We need to wake up and be praying. Praying for the elections, praying, uh, binding hindrances to the election, praying for those who are in authority to know how to move forward in this election, and praying for God's will to be done as far as these elections are concerned. It just needs to be happening continuously. And I feel like during COVID, it was a distraction. 
because usually we're praying all year long in an election year and we had to halt everything and start praying for this thing that was like we had to triage COVID. But now it's time to, to swing that pendulum back and put that focus on God, what's your plan for this nation? Yeah. And, uh, and to be praying along those directions, which we do, by the way, here at Warren Campus at 1.30 on Wednesdays, in case you want to pray corporately. Yep. But um, I, th- I was thinking this morning about maybe starting a, a prayer notes email group for anyone who wants to know kind of what we were praying on this week, because w- Monday nights are Wake Up Warren, mm-hmm. Tuesday mornings are Revival, and Wednesday afternoons are the elections, where I can just... Maybe email out some bullet points. Hey, this is what we were praying together. Let's be praying on this this week. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. If anyone's interested, if you're interested in that, let me know. Yeah. I don't sure. want to do it if nobody wants it because <laughs> I already have my bullet points in my you're journal. Already have, you're I already, already have, have them. To do. <laughs> so all the things we hate about COVID. Yeah. But it seems to have brought some prayer back into the forefront. So that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Every single country heard the gospel on Easter. And it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for COVID. It's huge. So that's huge. That's a good thing. Yeah. So any other COVID thoughts? Nope. I can't think of anything else. Well, if you have any COVID thoughts, drop them in the comments. We want to have a conversation. And don't forget, be on the lookout for our book, uh, book release thing. What did we call it? Book Club. Book Sisterhood Club. Book Club. We'll book be Club. announcing the book here maybe next week. That's the beginning of the month. Yeah. So uh, don't forget, we're better together. Make it a book. I can't. I can't. Make I got it a, you. Get, get me. I got you. We are better together. So make it a point to connect with someone this week. Call someone and catch up. Grab a meal or a cup of coffee with a friend. Connect at church. Come to church if you can. We get you if you have underlying conditions and you're being cautious. But if you're just staying home just to stay home because your jammies are comfortable, let me encourage you. Hey, listen, we're better when we gather together. So find a Bible-believing church in your area. If you don't have one, you can come check us out. We're in Coitsville, Warren, Boardman, Vianna, Liberty, Newcastle, New Wilmington, Columbiana, Warren, Boardman. I think I sent them all. Um, Check us out online. I'll put the links in there, but it's Sisterhood and Victory at Warren on Facebook, sisterhood.victory on Instagram. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next week. And don't forget, we we are are better better together. together.